Hello and welcome to the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League Podcast. I'm your host, Evan. And I'm your co-host, Taylor. Welcome, everyone. Come one, come all. And that was my intro. That's the That was great. (laughs) That had more energy than any intro we've had in a long time. Yeah, I I had to. I was telling Taylor before that I needed to redeem myself because he put me on the spot a couple weeks ago and I didn't know what I was doing. Or maybe that was a preseason one. I don't know. But it yeah, I'm game week one that I did. Might have been. <laughs> that was a bad start. Uh, no, I don't think it was game week one because that was like the best episode we ever had. Um, and then last week was like the worst one. But this one is going to be great. I'm not too pumped. hot, not too cold, right in the middle. It's right in the middle. It's the Goldilocks zone, baby. Yep. We're in the Goldilocks zone. Wow. I'm, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot happening. Uh, Discord has uh, been popping off lately, especially on the weekends. This season has gotten off to a great start. Um, Regardless of where you are in the league, I think people are having fun right now. So let's just soak that up and enjoy it and hopefully spit that out into the universe as a podcast. And I think that we will uh, create a good one. I think we've got plenty to talk about, that's for sure. Nice. There's nothing like a a podcast that talks about how good the podcast is going to be. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a... um... Staple of that should literally be the entire podcast episode is just talking about how good it's gonna be. (laughs) But no, I totally agree. I think I'm loving the Discord on the weekends. Um, I think it's been really active and really, um, and it's not just been a couple of people, it's been quite a few people, which has been really nice, um, to see. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's uh, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go over, gonna give league updates, we're gonna talk about the uh, this past weekend and maybe some some things that we've noticed from teams kind of get our reactions from the games and just uh going into the international break we wanted to take a look back at uh the past three games that started the season and see what we can glean from that from uh maybe projecting forward um that would hopefully benefit us in the fantasy world um and then we're probably gonna take some of the discord questions and we'll wrap up and let you know what you can expect in the future. So um, let's get right into it. I'm going to go over the zombie league and then we will, uh, Taylor's going to run down the classic league. So in our zombie league, uh, I'm not going to explain it. I've explained it too many times at this point. Um, in our zombie league, we still have uh, mom, dad, mom, memorial um, up at the top. Huck van still holding it down up there with 187 points in second place. Uh, This week, uh, moving up to second place is the Bruce Matthews, Will Spicer, um, with 180 points. Um, And then one point behind Spicer is Taylor Hare, Virgil Van Helsing, with 179. Uh, And then I Eat Brian's is uh, pretty close after that. That's my team, Evan Estes, with 174 points. And then we've got Tangy in Zombile, Eli Estes, my brother, with 157 points. And uh, Jerry Groth, no room for Resurrected, um, leading the charge at the back. (laughs) Um, uh, 142 points. Um, So, yeah, still a lot going on there. I think, well, uh, no one has really jumped out to a crazy lead. So I think it's still very, very interesting at this point. Um, So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll keep you updated every time we podcast and let you know who's, um, who's winning. But for now, Hug Van, Mom, Dad, Mom Memorial. Um, you're you're going strong, so keep it up. Yeah, and going going strong in both leagues, as we'll find as I uh, run down our. Just killing it. I know our regular. He's killing it in life too. He, you know. Yeah. He's doing. He's literally doing everything right. I think. Goodness gracious! What a man. Um, this is the year for Wyatt. <laughs> this is Wyatt's year. Um, so I'm gonna run down our regular league, and we'll maybe say a few more things because there's been more movement here, and we have more people involved. Um, so we'll say um, a few more things about this. But in first place, as when we last checked in with you, it is none other than Shove It. That is Wyatt Keener um, with a total of 231 points. And then uh, moving up to second place, our very own uh, Evan Estes with Bosch Have It uh, with 218 points. Um, in third place, dropping down one place. Uh, to third is uh, Evan Hare with SLC Hares, 202 points. Uh, Climbing 
I don't know how many spots, but quite a few. Um, we've in fourth place. We've got Tim Griffith's proper prospects with 193 points. Um, also climbing is uh, into fifth place is William Spicer's with the Bruce Matthews with 183 points. And again, climbing, I think from maybe uh, seventh or eighth place, we've got Eli Estes's uh, Tengi Take Me Home with 176 points. Uh, unfortunately, dropping a spot or two, uh, we have my brother Jake Hare with Mr. Fantasy Football um, in 171 points. Uh, climbing then to the eighth spot, we've got Rob Griffith's uh, Smeagol slash Golem uh, with 171 points. Staying <sighs> stable at ninth place uh, is Jerry Groth's Soccer 2 with 176 points. Um, and uh, apparently tied with him is myself having dropped an unfortunate six spots this game week. Um, last When last we spoke, I was in fourth place, and now I'm in 10th place, unfortunately, with 167 points. It's me, I test Inc. Um, and then uh, still in last place, but um, definitely improving is uh, Reed Zimmerman's uh, newly named Naptown FC. Um, so nice to get a new name in there. And love it, uh, love it, love it. something that the acute listeners will observe pretty easily is the fact that, yes, it is true. My zombie team is outperforming my regular team. What do you got to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, that might just happen. Yeah, that might just happen to more than one of us. You know, yeah. I kind as you were going through that, I was really wishing that we could have like I Jay, don't worry about doing this, but it would be hilarious if we had like a little soundboard of like the Jim Cramer, um, <laughs> uh, you know, like the like sound effects that he does, just like a giant soundboard of those. Yeah, yeah, especially when you when you told told everyone you that you dropped six spots. I was like, oh, that's got to have a good. Yeah, that's like recession levels. Yeah. Um, so having gone over those, Evan, what uh, what do you want to draw t- our attention to? Like who seems to be moving and shaking? Um, Obviously, the first thing is the Estuses are rising and the hairs are falling. <laughs> all the hairs have dropped points and all the Estuses have risen. That's right. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing I noticed. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, there it's still very tight. I think um, a lot of people moving up and down. Um, I The one thing I noticed when I was looking at it earlier today was that I think somewhere between like, there's like, I think it's like fourth and 10th or something. It's like fifth and ninth, fifth and 10th. It, it's all within 10 points, which is like a minuscule amount of points in the grand scheme of things, you know? So yeah. like still very, very congested in the middle. Yeah. Um, so like there's going to be a lot of moving around. So um yeah, a lot of action. It's exciting. Um so yeah, I'm glad that it's still like very competitive for the most part. Yeah. Um I also just wanted to draw special attention to our um points winner for the week, uh Rob Griffith. Um his yeah. golem produced 77 points, which is extremely respectable off of the back of um a Patrick Bamford goal a Jamie Vardy goal and a Callum Wilson goal up top, all giving him production plus a pretty astute captaining of sun um, yeah. who also scored. Yeah. Rob didn't rise as much as you would have thought because he had such a monster game week. I mean, other people had some pretty monster game weeks after that sun captaincy came in for several people. Um, you know, a lot of people got close to 70 or eclipse 70, but Rob, yeah, I'm very happy that, uh, you know, after a couple of rough weeks, he was able to string a, a really solid one together and get back in the running of, of the like mid table. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that that even happened on a week where he divested of a lot of Man City interest and yeah. Man City scored five goals. I mean, I know there's not much I mean, that always happens. Like you yeah. told, you mentioned this last year. It's like the players you let go are always going to do well the next game week. It's just unavoidable. It's like, a, it just, yeah, it's just going to happen. Um, so Rob, just take it on the chin and know that that's like, that's literally everyone's curse in this game. Um, yeah. But also, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Rob was feeling pretty shitty when he woke up and saw, <laughs> got the game, got the week started off with a 5-0 
a Man City win, which is great for him because that's his team, but also he just let go Sterling and Jesus, I think. And so yeah. they both they both racked in some points, though. I'm sure he wasn't feeling great, but I'm glad it worked out in the end. Um, so you're you're uh, you were tested this week, Rob, but um, yeah, you passed. So tested, tested and tried. Yeah, your patience. <laughs> um, cool. So let's get into just our kind of general observations about the game week. Um, I didn't do a ton of watching this week. I only watched kind of select halves of games, basically. Um, yeah. But I've wa- I've gone back and watched some of the highlights. Um, so based on based on your um, viewing, however large it is, Evan, what are some takeaways for you? I, uh, see, I also didn't watch many games, so I really only have two solid takes. Okay, and that's uh, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with this first one. Arsenal are absolutely trash. <laughs> they are so bad. And I look, I know that they've had a rough start to the season as far as like the fixtures go. Besides Brentford, they had um, Chelsea and City next, so like not great. Um, and I do think that. I do think that they're better than maybe – well, they are better than where they're at in the table, for sure, and, like, how the scores have gone. I know that they're better than that, but they are legitimately bad. They're, like, not good. Um, like, I, I, they're definitely going to mimic something like what they did last year and maybe do worse. Yeah, I think they'll be worse than last year. I think they'll be worse than last year too. So like they're not, they're not, they're not great. <laughs> so that's my first take. Um, yeah, Arsenal are bad. And then the other one is Wolves are very uh Wolves are good. Wolves are just good. Um they're they're much more attacking, I think, than they have been than they were under Nuno. Um not to say that they couldn't score goals, but if you watch that game, they were easily the better team against United. Yeah. They dominated the ball. Um, they put a United's defense under pressure constantly. Um, they should have won the game, but uh, they're also just they they are just getting kind of some bad and unfortunate luck. I think in the first three games. Um, so I really hope that that turns around for them i hope they they haven't even scored yet which is kind of crazy because they've had an insane number of shots um so that's just one thing to keep an eye on i know that they're not performing or at least their their results are not matching their performance um but if you know if they can start if the luck um kind of falls on their side a little bit in the next two or three weeks they're easily going to go on a run of like of wins, I think, um, depending on who they're, if they're, if they've got an easy schedule, um, they should easily, you know, win the next three or four games. Cause they look, they look really sharp. They just look like they're fast, ready to press, ready to counter, ready to just, they're just going to go. And, yeah. uh, yeah, they yeah. I was just surprised at how much they controlled that game. To be honest, I thought United would have a little bit more in them and United had like a United had a solid, uh, lineup too like they brought in sancho yes yeah, Sancho in, started right yeah sancho started veron started um and they had pogba fernandez like they had pretty much everyone um that they that was available to them uh, you know the same team that um beat norwich was it north no who did they uh the same team that beat leeds 5-1 i mean and probably an even better side, technically on paper, I think, than the team that beat Leeds would be my guess because yeah. Sanchez Veron came in, and Wolves just manhandled them. To be honest, I thought, especially the first half, United couldn't really do anything. They had like one, I think they had like one attempt, but it was offside. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I was just very impressed by Wolves. Yeah, I think the big question because Wolves are obviously outperforming their record because they're 0 and 3 but they had a really rough go of the first three games. Yeah. Um, they they haven't won yet, right? I no, they haven't scored a goal yet. But also they've had um 
they had Leicester, Spurs, and United. Right, which is a rough way to open the season. And, but, and, but the thing is, they've only lost 1-0 in each of those games. Yeah. So, like, they're very attacking, and it's kind of surprising they haven't scored. But it's also, I mean, in their eyes, they should be happy that they've only let one goal uh, in, in each of those games against some pretty lethal attacks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you if you think about Jamie Vardy and Harvey Barnes, James Madison, you think about Spurs with um, Son, and you think about United with Fernandez and uh, you know everyone else that's up there. Like they won't, they only, and they and United didn't score until like the 80th minute. So like, I don't know. I, Wolves are a good side. Don't let the results fool you. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of player becomes like fantasy viable out of that crew. Yeah. You know, whether it's yeah. a defender, because it, as you're suggesting, their defense is better than their record shows. Um, and I, their attack is also better than their goalless record shows. It's just a matter of where those are going to come from. It seems like yeah. Trincao and Jimenez primarily. Right. Um, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, very. Yeah, I was going to mention Trent Cow. Like he, he would be an under the radar one. Raul Jimenez, of course, is going to be one to keep an eye on always. But I think uh, Trent Cow is probably one that could um, could emerge at some point. Um, so we'll just have to see. Hopefully, they can pull it off. Is there anything that you noticed um, in the games you watch or from the score lines or anything? Um, not that I like noticed. Other than what you said, um, I think something to keep an eye on. I think. Well, a couple of things. I think Burnley might be like sneaky decent. Um, really? Yeah, okay. I really do. Um, I think that because I watched some of the Burnley Leeds game, and I think that one one against like a fully fit Leeds is like a really decent result. And for Burnley coming up against you know the bottom half of the league, basically, I think they're gonna make a lot of hay in those situations um so that's that's just something to keep an eye on i'm not i don't know that that like manifests in particular um fantasy options i've got chris wood on my team but i'm not totally sold on him except as a kind of value striker um the other thing i think this is just broad strokes and i probably a lot of people were watching the chelsea liverpool game but i mean like that chelsea performance was pretty unreal under the circumstances um to to go a player down and not concede a goal for the rest of the game against a team like Liverpool is pretty pretty awesome i think yeah i i mean i i said this last time i have to get a chelsea defender or a goalie in i've got to get i've got to get them in and i don't know that i'm going to rush to get them in cuz their fixtures don't look fabulous yeah they after but, like game week 8 or something they get good for them but for a while they're not great Yes, but I think you don't want to wait too long. Um, I think you probably want to like start figuring out who you're going to bring in, and start who, figuring out how you're going to bring them in, and do it in like the next two or three weeks. Can we talk through that? Who would you bring in? Oh man, that's so tough. I, that I'm honestly trying to figure that out as well. I haven't really thought through it, um, and I don't. I don't know who started. Um, it was. I, mean, I would have said I would have said Reese James, but he got a red card, so he's not going to be playing. So I yeah. guess maybe whoever's going to be their um, right back, maybe. I don't. It'll know probably be. Um, the, what? Do you think they'll move Azpilicueta out there? Either that, or they'll play, play the, or they'll play the young guy that they played in the game week one. Um, what was his name? Trevor. Oh. Uh, Treba uh, Chalaba. Chalaba, that's right. Oh, it might be might be related to Nate, uh, Nathan Chalaba, or I'm not familiar. I don't know. From he used to he played or pl- still plays on Watford. Chalaba. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was when uh, Chalaba and Decore were so good together. Hmm. Chalaba, Decore, and there was someone else. I think uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I mean. I think maybe the the linchpin of that group is probably Rudiger. Like the only yeah, okay. the only nailed on starter from the back line right now, I think, because okay. or maybe as Villaqueta. Um I would yeah. say one of those two because um Christensen is 
interchangeable for Tiago Silva. Marcus yeah. Alonso is interchangeable for Ben Chilwell. Well, so you think Rudiger, huh? Yeah. Or, or I think either Rudiger or just hold off for Reese James because he's playing so well. It's hard to yeah. see Google dropping him. Is there anyone else that would play? It's literally just Reese James or uh, the young kid. There or used as, to be some. Or as Piliqueta, yeah. Um, but or uh, maybe Callum Hudson Adoy might play that position. I don't know. Oh, uh, like the right wing back position. They might play him there. Uh, that mm. could be. Okay, that's something to keep in mind. I okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not gonna make that move. I don't think I'm gonna make that move now. I mean, you never know. I might might change my mind. Got a long long think about it over the. Uh, international break, but yeah, no, I definitely the Rudiger is a good shot. I think Rudiger or um, holding off for Reese to see if he comes straight back in, which yeah. I think he probably would. Yeah, I would think so too. Um, awesome. So, is there anything else from this uh, game week that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe do we want to segue into taking some questions? Yeah, we can do that. Cool. That will give us plenty to talk about because we have we have like what three or four questions. We've got yeah three or four questions. That we are should all... be able to answer all of them. I think we answer all of them. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe let's start with a general one. Um, okay. That has to do with like general news. Um, sure. Uh, about a team that we haven't watched yet, uh, or we haven't talked about yet. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Eli Estes asks, uh, "What did you think of Richarlison?" trying to take DCL's penalty. Oh, man. So I didn't watch the game, but that was like the big thing, wasn't it, after the game? Um, uh, I don't know. I think not having seen it, I haven't even gone back and watched like the replay. So I just don't, I don't want to. Um, I think that a couple things. One, he's hungry. He's he wants to score. He's he's an attacking player, and this is the first season where DCL will be the penalty taker. So I don't think it was necessarily like that weird for him to think that he might be taking it. I think that they probably they probably should know who's taking the penalty. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily fault him for wanting to take it at all, uh, especially on, on the back of the summer that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just, he's just in the zone. Like he, he, and he's the type of player that you need to kind of watch as far as um, if there's any chance, like easy chances for him to like, be involved like that and score pretty easily you want to keep that going because he's very moody yeah um and so you kind of want to reinforce like the good vibes with him um and kind of keep him in good graces now at the same time he also does need to be put in his place sometimes too um which i think they ended up doing i think alan was one of the ones that was like hey let's this is dcl's penalty take care of it. He'll take care of it. Just don't worry about it right now. Um, but one thing I wanted to mention, I don't know how true this is. I think, um, I read again, I just read this on Reddit. I didn't even look into this, so this might be total bollocks, but, um, I read that, that what was, what's supposed to happen is DCL takes the first penalty and if we get a second penalty in a game, Richarlison will take it. Oh. And obviously, if DCL is not on the field, I think Richarlison takes it. But I think the the rule, I think the what they had established was DCL will take the first one, Richarlison takes the second one. And I'm wondering, and some people were speculating, oh, maybe Richarlison thought the second one, like, just of the season, Richarlison takes the second one. And so he was like, oh, this is the second penalty. DCL took the first one. It's my turn to take. Like maybe he just thought they were rotating like that. I don't know. Um, there could have been like a mix up in because 
he doesn't speak the best English. Like he's he's come a long way, um, especially when he um, first joined with us. But um, so some people were thinking that maybe there's like a mix up in the translation or the communication there. So which that like if he was if he was thinking, oh, no, this is my penalty. And like, yeah, maybe he felt like they were taking it off of him instead of him taking off DCL. So um, it was pretty comical. I think people were. People on my uh, on Everton subreddit have kind of overreacted to it. I think, yeah, um, because at the end of the day, he still kind of celebrated with the. You know, it's not like he just kind of pouted or anything. Yeah, um, and wasn't happy that we scored. So, yeah, I, I think it is what it is. Uh, you just move on from it, and um, <laughs> yeah, kind of unfortunate that that happened, but um, yeah, it's. It's funny. Hopefully, it's something that we just look look back on later and laugh, and not um, not as, as a start of any like ill will between Richarlison and DCL or or Richarlison and Benitez or um, anything like that. So yeah, yeah. It was, yeah I, out of that performance, like that was the one thing, the one negative thing from that Everton game that people were talking about. So if that's the only negative thing out of an Everton game, then I'm happy. Seriously. I mean, I, I was, I was watching, I was watching this part of the game when this happened and I, I thought like everyone in that situation overreacted, like including the commentators, they were doing the whole, like, oh, we don't like to see this. Like, you just can't, you just can't be doing that. Um, and to me, my read was, uh, so I think it seemed pretty clear from the situation that DCL is like the assigned penalty taker um, just from the way that the, his teammates reacted. Um, but I think the fact that like Richarlison was the one who won the penalty, like is an important variable. And I wouldn't be surprised if like there was some kind of understanding of like, Oh, if the other striker wins a penalty, then maybe they get to take it. Right. Like, um, and so that's that's like another wrinkle I was thinking about. But then also, like, kind of what you were saying to Richarlison being a little bit of a streaky player. Like, it seems to me like if I was coaching a team, and obviously maybe this would ju- this is just totally anarchic. But like, um, well, first of all, you want your strikers to be selfish in that way, right? Like, you want yeah. your strikers to want to score all the time because that's their job. Um, and if a player thinks that he's like in the zone and just like will a hundred percent make this penalty. Like I I'm just like, you should just let that player take it. Like it makes so much more sense to me. Um, again, that's like not really a way to run a team because you could have many people feeling that way and competing, but still like, I don't, I don't think it's nearly as crazy as people were talking about to like have a player really feel like they need to be taking the penalty based on their form and like, maybe gets like rudely brushed off or something and then it becomes a thing. So I don't know. I don't, I don't want, I don't think Everton fans should read much into it from what I saw. Yeah. Well, you, you know, people like to be dramatic about things. So that's the way it's always going to be a little more dramatic than it probably actually was. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> you want to take another question? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's do another one. Thanks, Eli, for the question. Yeah, good question. Um, so Reed Zimmerman asks... Um, Uh-oh. He asks, surely this is already on the lineup for discussion. Uh, Reed, you're new to the forum, so uh, I will forgive you for not knowing that there is no lineup for the podcast <laughs> ever. Especially um, this season. <laughs> yeah. We're just uh, we're, um, shooting, off, shooting off... Off the hip, on the hip, I think by the hip. I think it's from, from the, hip. the hip. Preposition, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, nothing like a shootout metaphor. Um, <laughs> uh, but then he says, but please discuss the Ronaldo transfer. Um, oh, gosh. So, so much. Do you want me to take... How many other questions do we have so I can gauge... Two, two others, and they're both like more fantasy-specific related. Okay. So all right, to- all right, all right. I'm just trying to frame how long we want to talk about this. Um, how about you start us off? Because I don't really know where to go. Yeah. So there's lots of different like vectors that we could take to talk about the Ronaldo. Vectors? <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's just not the word I was expecting. <laughs> okay. So uh, vector number one, 
is <laughs> we're labeling them, baby. Is uh the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo is a Manchester United legend, and um he is returning to Man United to play there in what seems to be what what will likely be his final two seasons, which has romantic value if you are a supporter of Manchester United, and that has a lot of meaning. I think, um, oh. you know. Aside from the fact that he seemed equally willing to go to Manchester City, um, you know, we'll lay that to the side um, and suspend disbelief yeah. ab- about how much <laughs> players actually care about the teams that they're playing for. Um, so that's that's one important thing and why this is like a big deal. Uh, the second important thing is the fact that he scored, I believe, 29 goals in Serie A um, last year for Juventus. Now, I mean, lots of pieces have been written about how bad that Ronaldo deal has been for Juventus and how it's kind of made forced their team to maladapt, right, to the rest of um it's like, you know, it's like if you um I don't know, it's just like they've become some like not a good team in order to be a good team for Ronaldo. And so, uh that is aside from that, he like if Messi went to Burnley, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> if Messi went to Burnley and they had they had Messi for a little bit and then he left, they wouldn't be a better team after he left, right? They'd be a worse team because they changed. Oh, I thought they, you meant they changed. Oh, the yeah, yeah, they do in order to best, serve. right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. as soon so as they left, then they've lost their identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like the other pieces kind of um suffered while he was there. Um, and if you watched him play in, in at Juventus in Italy, uh, it was a really interesting experience because he didn't really do a whole lot other than kind of just like, you know, sit in the box in and around the box and and pick up crosses and uh, like make tap-ins, which I guess is all in a sense you want a striker to do. But he's very much a kind of one-dimensional player now. Um, he's 36 years old, so that's to be expected. Um there's so that's two things there's the vector of you know how how will he integrate into manchester united i think is a really interesting question um you know is that the type of player that they need at the moment i would probably say no um yeah i mean you've got mason greenwood and i think the better move kind of longevity wise is to continue to allow mason greenwood to kind of grow into the role of a striker which it doesn't seem like he'll be allowed to do as easily now. Um, uh, do, you, do you disagree? Not necessarily. No, I don't disagree. But I think if they wanted to do that, they could make that work. It depends on what, I guess, well, also Mason Greenwood has been starting up top some too, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did okay. this last game, I think. Right. So my assumption would be Mason Greenwood up top, Jaden Sancho on the right, just mm-hmm. play on the right, and Cristiano Ronaldo on the left. Yep, it could be that and way. And Bruno Fernandez behind. That that would be my assumption. So I think I, I guess all that to say is I don't disagree with you. I do think having Ronaldo in the side uh, limits some of their the playing time for the younger players that need to develop. Um, and also probably shakes things up to the point where even players that have been starting probably, you know, players that they've kind of built around the last two years will all of a sudden kind of get pushed to the side a little bit or to maybe not to the fringes, but will have their game time limited to the point where it's maybe um, they don't, their team dynamic is maybe thrown off a little bit. Yeah. So, but I do think that they can make it work. Um it's just how do you not how do you not start Ronaldo, uh, and then that's what they would have to do is like not play him some. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's the thing is like you're you're signing him up and you're basically unless unless Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has more power over him than I think then. <laughs> Then it's basically oh, for Ronaldo. Be, I mean, they were Ole doesn't, right? Ole doesn't, like a, yeah, but Ole, yeah, yeah, he doesn't have. I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say OGS has power over anyone. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, unless 
unless things are very different than they were at Juventus, then he will kind of like decide when he does and does not want to play. Um, and that'll kind of be how they go about things. I think. Um, yes. Which is, honestly. I mean, the goals don't lie in that sense. Like, yeah. So that's, that's great. The last thing that we obviously need to address with this is the, you know, the kind of shadow that hangs over Cristiano Ronaldo, especially the kind of ongoing rape allegations against him. Um, and the kind of civil suit that is currently making its way through American courts right now. Um, so that's something that also any moral Manchester United fan needs to think long and hard about, I think. Yeah, no, that's very fair. Very, very fair. Um, no, I think you, well, you covered everything but the fantasy aspect, and we can get oh, to that yeah. in a second. Well, um, there's a lot of unknowns there, so I'm interested to know what you think about that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I Yeah, we can kind of just speculate on that, but just going back to the player yeah, I mean, there's so I think it's just there's just so many questions around it. Um, yeah, that we'll just I think we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I mean, obviously you 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 hate it because of the rape allegations. Like, obviously, like I don't know. That's just like a very tough subject to talk about i'm not prepared to talk about that um and i'm honestly not even really educated on what those allegations are but it's it's hard to see that and to see uh someone continue to thrive um even into even in a place where it's like sentimental where it's like now people are torn between do i want do i enjoy this or do i it does this kind of like, do I feel weird? Do I feel icky about this? Yeah. You know, because yeah, I mean, on, on the one hand, if there were like, no, like allegations, there was like nothing there. Like he didn't do anything. Um, and that was like, never a part of who he, like a part of his legacy, then yeah, it's like an incredibly beautiful thing for him to come back to the club that um, where he kind of kickstarted his uh, professional career and became so dominant. And, you know, he is a legend of the game that, I mean, he will always be that regardless. Um, but yeah, it makes it harder to be like, Oh, this is so great. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I think see, honestly, the, the thing that I, 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 to be honest, I haven't really like loved the whole transfer of this, to be honest. It's not, I don't, it's fine. Like I'm looking forward to seeing him play, like I guess, in the Premier League and with this United squad. Um, because I haven't been I'd never really watched him play that much. Um so yeah, it'll be nice to see him. But I think the one thing that um that kind of got me a little bit more on the positive side of it was seeing Bruno Fernandez tweet something about like him, you know, watching you know, watching Ronaldo play and now he's going to get to play with him. Like that's, that yeah. is special. Yeah, obviously. Totally. Um, and so, I don't know. I think there's, I think that's the only positive I could even, um, I could really get behind. Um, not to say that I'm not going to enjoy watching him play, but I think that pushes me towards like, oh, okay, yeah, this is kind of nice. But again, there's also some like, is this even going to be good for United? Is this, you know, there's a lot of questions like, I don't know. It kind of feels like they're selling out, like, oh, they're just bringing him back to sell jerseys, like, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Now, I, I don't know. I just I just think of United as, like, especially with the Super League stuff from last year, now I'm like, I really don't. If, you know, everything I see from a club like that when it comes to, like, branding then yeah it's just like oh you're just using this to make more money so yeah i don't know yeah. i mean the the word that i would use to describe the whole thing is just weird like it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna feel weird to watch yeah. him play in against like watford um it's gonna it's like the whole transfer thing has been weird like 
Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. That was weird. Cause everyone was like, he's going to city. He's going to city. And they were like, no, he would never go to city, but he was like, I don't really care. I'll go to city. And then all of a sudden United were like, no, he's here. Yeah. He signed with us. We're like, what? For, for not that much money for like yeah. 22 million or something was the yeah sign. well i mean his wages are going to be insane but right yeah um yeah so it's like what i i yeah it just kind of came out of nowhere that he was going back to united yeah i don't know yeah kind of weird it's like yeah i guess he decided late that he didn't want to be at juventus and then united yeah. were like oh i guess if you don't want to be there we'll pick you up because they weren't really targeting him. Yeah, no, it, I don't. They're building. They're trying to build for the future with getting Jaden Sancho in. You know, I don't yeah, know. Very strange. It was, yeah, it is very weird. Very weird indeed. So, yeah, a lot, a lot to think about. And I would just say, vis-a-vis sources, if anyone is interested in learning more about Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo's uh, legal status in the U.S., um, like there's a really good Der Spiegel article. Um, Der Spiegel being a, the like one of the big German um, soccer magazines that publishes in English. Um, uh, it was written in like 2018 was when the this first went down. So if anyone's interested. Cool. In yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, point people in the right direction because we are not the uh, we are not going to be that information source. Totally. Especially uh, not. Uh, do we want to touch on like fantasy wise what we think about him? What do you think his cost will be? Dude, it's going to be like 12 and a half. There's no way I'm buying Cristiano Ronaldo for 12 and a half. At least not at, for a couple weeks. Till I see Oh yeah, no, I'm not I I will not be surprised if I don't own him all season. Yeah. I'm yeah. not rushed to get him. I would much more I would much rather have Lukaku. Yeah, the thing is it's like we went from kind of having a dearth of expensive yeah. players to yeah, now. It was like everyone's gonna have everyone's gonna have Bruno and Salah, and then you just pick whoever else. And now it's gonna be like you have probably two, maybe three of Salah, Fernandez, Ronaldo, and Lukaku. And Kane and, and Kane. Son. And Son, right. Yeah. It's like there's much more parity now, which I think is interesting, right? There's more yes. – gives us more formations. And I think we're seeing that oh, in our league. Like Rob, Rob only has Salah. He doesn't have Fernandez. Um, he doesn't have Kane. Um, so it's like I think it's a good thing ultimately that there are this many um, yeah. rival players. I guess the last big one that we had that is no longer really a thing is Obama Yang. Um, but Who knows? Who knows with him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah it'll it'll shake things up. So in that in that sense, it's great. Uh, but but come in. But I, I would just say, if you do get in, you could you could be in for some big differential points, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, you could. Now, I would I would be cautious about trying trying to pick people up early. I don't think that it's worth it. I but that's just my personal opinion. Because I would much rather wait two weeks after two weeks of him starting both games, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, he's going to play, or he's ready, you know. Because there's no, he may not. I mean, he's got an international break. I don't know what the rules are there. If he's going to go to Portugal and play, maybe, maybe not. But even if he doesn't, like, he may not be ready to play in the next league game. He could, but I, I just don't know. So I am never in a rush to get those players, especially when they're going to cost twelve and a half million, because I don't want twelve and a half million on my bench. But yeah. that's just me. I know other like my brother brought Lukaku in before Lukaku played, and like he just sat him on the bench and then brought him in. Great, um, different strategies, you know, for each player. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I imagine there will probably be a lot of um, people thinking about bringing him in when they play their wild card for the first time too, which will be interesting. Yeah. yeah wild cards are going to be insane, huh? Yeah. Cause everyone kind of front loaded in the beginning and then these transfers came in late. And so people are like either having to scramble to like figure out a, like rip up their team to bring them in. Or I feel like a lot of people are going to wait and just wild card like in 
between now and like game week 10, 12, people are just going to be popping off wild cards and it's just going to be, everything's going to be in flux. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. You want another question? We've got two more. Yeah, let's do it. And I think both of these are fantasy related, right? Yep. So the first one is from Jerry Groff, um, which is, uh, how do you know when to triple captain? Three question marks. Oh, um, that's tough. Uh, do you want to start it? Uh, sure. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, the big, the main thought that I have is uh, double game weeks, right? Like that's the, that's an obvious place to look because you only get one triple captain for the year. Um, and it's more than likely that one of your uh, really kind of expensive players, such as a Salah or Kane or Fernandez or a Sun, is going to have a double game week where they're playing two games. Um, and if you triple captain them on that week, then they would get triple all of their points for that game week, including both of those games. Um, so that's like my default, I think. Yeah. As long as the fixtures look favorable. So like, you know, if Salah has Chelsea and Tottenham on a double game week, I probably wouldn't do that. But um assuming the fixtures are good, but I, so that's like a, that's a default. The other thing I would just say is like, you could kind of just like feel the vibes too, you know, like if you are sensing that a team is, um, has a lot of like momentum going into a game against a team that doesn't. So like, you know, if Liverpool is playing really well going into a game against like Southampton or against, uh, Norwich, then I don't think it's un. I don't think it's like irresponsible to triple captain on that kind of a game week either. It's just uh, I would be cognizant that you've got those those um, double game weeks interspersed throughout the season. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is kind of the double game week, like targeting double game weeks for your chips in general has kind of been the. It's kind of like the general populist thing to do. Mm-hmm. Most people try to do that. Um, I would like to bring up a different strategy that I might try this season. Okay. Um, especially for triple captain. Talking about triple captain. Um, I think my strategy, instead of trying to go for a double game week, because I guess let me um, – put this in context one of the reasons i might shy away from a double game week this season is uh, one thing to be cautious about is uh, your player may not play both games in the double game week because when there's a double game week it's typically because there's um a game on the weekend and a game the following weekend in two separate game weeks but then there's another game like on tuesday or wednesday that they've got to play to like make up for a game that that they missed, you know? Uh, and so a lot of times those double game weeks, it's in one game week, but it's like there's like two or three days apart. So mm-hmm. it's not like a whole week apart like a normal game week would be. So hope I hope I didn't just botch that. Basically, all that to say is they're going to have to play, you know, a game and then play another game like two days later. And they may not always play. They may not always start. They may not always get all the minutes. So that's something to keep in mind. My strategy for this season, I think, is going to be um, instead of riding the um, kind of what you mentioned, riding the wave of positive vibes, I think I'm going to target the whipping boys of the league. I feel like that's a bad phrase to say. I probably shouldn't say that. It feels very wrong. Um, I feel like, okay, this season I'm going to target <laughs> Jay, Jay, put like a mute thing. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to target the team that is like just the worst defensively. And, um, and then I will triple captain one of my premium assets, either Bruno Salah, uh, Lukaku, even Ronaldo, if I got him, Kane, Son, those are like your big hitters. I think that's the strategy overall. You should do is always pick a probably a big hitter. Um, 
I'll give an alternative in a second to that though. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to target like the Norwiches or the, even the Arsenals or something, you know, it's like pick, uh, pick who are going to be that team this season that are just going to be out and away the worst and triple captain against them, regardless if it's a single game week, double game week, just go with it. Yeah. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention is, uh, kind of a sneaky, if you wanted to get a little tricky is you could always, uh, you could always triple captain a defender, especially someone like Alexander Arnold, who's going to get attacking returns and a clean sheet that, especially if you're, if they're playing someone like, uh, Burnley, cause I think, I think he got like 11 points. Yeah. Like 10 or 11 points. Like if, if you get a clean sheet and like an assist from Alexander Arnold, maybe he even gets a couple bonus points. Like that's going to rack up. So that's always a sneaky shout. Yeah. I like that idea. I like, um, I'm not sure that I'll do it, but I do like the idea of triple captaining someone who will maybe be a little bit more dependable because like even against like a Norwich or, you know, um, uh, I don't know, like a, like a Leeds even, right. Somebody who gives up a lot of goals. Um, even against those kinds of teams on say Liverpool, right? You've got lots of attacking threats and it's a little bit of a toss up whether Salah will get a goal or um, increasingly with Man United, the same thing is true for Fernandez. So um, yeah, that's something to keep in mind is that maybe a defender, a more dependable option is something to go for. Also, you could keep in mind penalty takers. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot to consider. I know we've probably just given way too many um, options now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I would say I would say maybe pick a strategy if you really don't know what to do. Maybe like try to go with one of those strategies and then just feel it out. And if it feels good, do it. Yep. Uh, at the end of the day, like the triple captain is probably the biggest chip I would say. But at the end of the day, you're it's hard to like really. I mean, if you if you triple captain a twenty point haul and you get sixty points from that, you're like, you've just hit the jackpot. Like, it's yeah. not going to happen. You're you're really hoping that you get like a double return and the and the guy gets like ten to twelve points. And that's yeah. like huge. That would be huge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's all. Um, don't don't sweat it too much. I, I agree. I think I think honestly that's a good that's a good strategy for most of the chips is like, don't store, don't sweat them too much. That's, oh, yeah. that's ultimately not where the real yeah. points are had in the game. Yes. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Very, very solid. Cause you're going to get over 2000 points most likely around it um, at least. And a chip is going to give you an additional 10 or 15. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not much. So um, yeah, cool. I think we covered that. Um, do you want to talk about our last question? Let's do it. Let's talk about the last question. I don't, uh, man, I'm trying to think, go ahead and say, it. I can't remember what it is. Um, so Rob asks, what is the strategy or not, uh, to playing multiple people from the same team on a given, uh, I try to play the matchups, but how many players from one team is too many. Mm. So one place to start with that is there's a limit, right, to the number of players you can play from a given team, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is three. So uh, there's that. I tend not to think too much about having too many players from a team. I try to think about the player, like which individual players are playing well. And yeah. if those happen to coalesce on a couple of teams, I generally am okay with that. Um, yeah. Now I would be worried if I, of my 11 players had, you know, three teams of three players, that would be a little bit worrying to me, but that has never been the case for me. Um, and honestly, if those teams are Liverpool city and United, that's still not that bad, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, um, that would be kind of tough, I think. But yeah, so I, I think my strategy is just to not think about it. And I only ever think about it, honestly, when I like try to bring in a player and it's a fourth player, which happened to me recently. I was trying to bring in a different <laughs> Brighton player. Um, oh, because you have two Brighton keepers? Yeah, because I've got two Brighton keepers. Um, yeah, that'll get you. Yeah. 
So that was a little bit unfortunate. But um, who's your uh, who's your third? Uh, Eve Basuma. Oh dang! So you okay? So you're using Brighton as like your cheap make weight. Well, what I did was I I ended up changing my goalkeeper strategy and went. I went um, Sanchez and Raya now so that I could have Basuma uh, and Duffy, which is who I Oh, uh, okay. So that way you can play at least a couple of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, so that I, yeah, it's, it's a thing that maybe, maybe your points are a little bit more fluctuating depending on the, you know, the, um, the fate of that team on a given game week, but that's it. I don't see a ton of difference in, in that personally. Me either. Me either. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that it will, I don't think it'll bite you in the butt. Um, assuming you're bringing in players that you think are good picks, like, yeah, don't pick three, don't pick and start three Burnley attackers. You know, that's not great. (laughs) I would not suggest that. Um, but assuming you're picking like good picks for the positions that they're in, um, and for like the fixtures that they're about to play. Yeah. Like you said, I'm not too worried about it. Um, it feels weird sometimes I think, because especially like, I think one of the reasons this came up is because, uh, this past week we had a, a game week where Chelsea and Liverpool played, um, And then there was another, I guess it was just Chelsea and Liverpool playing each other that like canceled a lot of stuff out. Or at least that's what you think in your head. Yeah. Um, Oh, these are just going to cancel each other out. But like, you can't really think about that because you got to remember you're putting stock in the player and not the team. And so regardless of how the team does, as long as the player gets you points, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And as long as the players that you're picking are are going to get as long as you think the players you're picking are going to get you more points than the other players in that bracket or like you know like if you think these midfielders are going to give me the most points then it doesn't matter what team they're on um so that's kind of that's kind of how i see it i think less about like oh i've got too many of these players or at least when i catch myself thinking that I think, okay, why am I thinking that? Um, is it because I think I just have – is it because I think I just have too many of these players? Is it because I actually want other players? Are these the best players in this price bracket for that position? That sort of thing. you got to think about it in a different way and see what you can come up with. Um, but I will say, speaking of the number of players, um, one thing that I like to do every now and then is um, – because the one place that it really actually matters is defense. Because they do rely on the entire team keeping a clean sheet. So in you, de- I think you probably want to shy away from getting too many players and starting too many of those players if you're relying on clean sheets. But you can also spike points if you think if, if you get like three Chelsea players, three Chelsea defenders, and they get like they run they get like three or four clean sheets in a row you are flying. So um, that's just another thing to keep in mind. You can actually turn it around the other way. You can have, um, how do I want to get three of the same players? And, and typically that really only works for defense, but um, I don't know. Those are, I think that's all the only thoughts I had. Did you have anything else? No, I think you covered it perfectly. Oh, wow. Perfectly. <laughs> wow. Hey, um, didn't you have a dress to the false nines recently that you wanted to do that you didn't get to do? I, I need I need this. Uh, okay, I yeah. Need, I need you to talk about. I've got one that I've been thinking about. Um, I don't even know what it is. I just need you to do this segment of the podcast because I'm I feel so dry without it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna frame this dress to the false nines as an intervention. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> so are you about to bring the heat? I'm about to bring one of the managers into my managerial office. Uh, for a little talking to, and that manager is Mr. Nuno Espirito Santo. Uh oh! Listen, Spurs boys, watch out, spuds. Listen, Nuno, you're off to a great start at Spurs. 
you're one of the probably top five best looking men in the Premier League, I would say, overall. Um, you have a lot going for you. And I know that getting this job at Spurs is a huge glow up for you. And that you are probably making much more money now, which is great. But that doesn't mean you need to start dressing like a divorced dad's idea of how a person should dress. Oh, listen, don't hurt me. (laughs) You started, you all of a sudden started dressing like you just discovered Nordstrom Rack and you're just going and buying these like, you know, dark bomber jackets that would have been cool in like 2013 and you know it's just you had something great at wolves and that great thing was personal style you had a way of dressing that was unlike anyone else in the premier league and now you just look like frank lampard and it's not oh. it's not a good look for you, man. i'm sorry oh man give us the long Give us the long puffer jackets again. That's all we want. And the and the monogrammed the monogrammed tracksuits. Oh, poor Nuno. That's my wow. plea. that's my plea to Nuno. Oh my god. I hope I never <laughs> of that. Oh, that's gonna make me feel so bad if that not because you were ruthless and mean, but because it was like so truthful and you can tell the sincerity in your voice. You want him to be better. I really oh, do. I, would, I never want to disappoint you like that, Taylor Hare. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, like, it's I, I listened to a couple of podcasts. Like um, I listened to um, uh, when he, when their first game, when Spurs played their first game, uh, I listened to the men and blazers podcast, which I do occasionally. Um, yeah. And you know, those guys are great. I've been listening to them for a long time. Bless them. They're like 60 years old and like very wealthy white men. Are they 60? I think really uh, not. I think the um uh Davo is probably 60 at least, I would think. Uh, wow. Maybe not. Maybe I'm being ungenerous, but um anyway, he's like in that zone. He's like in the 50s to 60s. Yeah. And like has a lot of money and like spends time in the Hamptons, right? And it's like uh he on the podcast was like, I cannot believe how good Nuno looks. Like he just looks so good in this new stuff. And to me, that's like an immediate red flag. It's like, (laughs) if if a man who, you know, is in this position is, you know, a TV executive who is 55 years old, let's say, and lives in Calabasas tells you that you're dressing well. You are not dressing well, my friend. I'm sorry to say. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I I just want him to do better. Um, I would be I like imagine. So, the the like, the the kind of like all black outfit was what he was known for. Yeah, at, at Wolves and like you know, um, lots of kind of like balaclava type things going on and like just really interesting stuff and i think it could be cool if he like evolved to the like purple like tracksuit look from tottenham sure that could be cool um but he's instead gone to the just kind of like weirdly like semi-formal semi-casual kind of nice but kind of just like normal kind of blah blah look which i'm not a fan of man yeah oh well Hopefully he'll get it together. Yeah. We're well, I loved that. I loved it and I hated it. <laughs> but I loved that. That's one of my favorite things. We got to do more of that. Which, uh, segue, we will do more of. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, over to international break, we have a special guest and a special podcast planned. We did this last year. Um, we are going to bring on, um, uh, this is our, our uh, crossover pod with... Um, kind of what is it the the corporate global sports league universe uh crossover into the the fantasy football podcast um we're bringing on uh, jake park the jersey coordinator and uh we're going to talk about all the jerseys that were um uh for this season we'll talk about uh probably taylor's going to run the show on this one let's be honest i don't Um, know you're coming up with some good intel like that venice jersey that you sent around okay yes yeah, we'll talk about that one, but that's the only, but 
you always uh you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pick some uh some good jerseys to talk about in the Premier League and abroad. Uh, that yeah, that one I cannot wait. Oh. Um, I I mean we could do an entire podcast. About I it was it was taking everything in me not to just buy one. Oh well, they're sold out, so you can't. Oh really? Oh well, yeah, that's yeah. They were on pre order. They sold out like immediately. Oh, wow. Um, but we'll talk about it, and we'll well we won't be able to show you, but um, we will after the episode probably release the uh, little document that Taylor makes of of the of the pictures. So. Um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Since there's no um, games this coming game week, we will hopefully um, be able to put out a, a podcast about jerseys um, over the international break. Taylor, do you have anything you want to say about that? Nope. Looking forward to it, though. Wow. Yes, we are looking forward to that so much. Um, cool. Um, do you want to I did the intro. I feel like I've been kind of uh, talking way too much. So I'm sorry, listeners, if you're tired of my voice. Taylor deserves all the credit. No, you've been, you've been talking the perfect amount. I want you to wrap this up because um, I, I just need you to wrap this whole thing up because I don't know how to do it. I did. I put all my effort into the intro. Now I don't know what to do. Gave no thought for the outro. I have no thought for the outro. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that does it for, for us. Uh, folks. <laughs> um, uh, we'll see you uh, at some point later, pr- probably next week. Um, but that's all from us. Goodbye, Evan. Bye, y'all. Have fun, y'all. All right, see you on Discord.